Nice to see you. Nice branding on the microphone, man. Whoa, speaking to a brand strategist, complimenting the brand microphone, that means a lot. <laughs> you got to wrap your own brand, you know? Always, always. But I'm loving the art department hat. Thank you. Do you, do you know about it? No, speak speak, speak up on it. I'm about to put, put all the loyal pod listeners on to uh, a sort of, if you know, you know hat, I guess. But Let's it's... It's a hat from my friend Ben Biondo, who lives out in Costa Mesa in California. And he's a, he's a photographer, designer, kind of just multidisciplinary artist. But he started this side project brand called Art Department uh, a few years back, where he just literally brands Art Department on hats. Uh, just, just as a nod to sort of the creative the creative field. And mm-hmm. he, he kind of sells the hats and little badges whenever he feels like it. So I copped, I copped one of the first ones and then I copped the second as well but it's kind of a cool a cool little uh status meaningless status symbol flex i guess <laughs> meaningless status flex that's good that's good i also love homies always supporting homies brands should always be absolutely a it's important i mean it's um you know if you're not going to do it who is so it's true i feel like that's what you're doing right now um, within everything that you've been doing, you're just spreading the good word. Trying to, you know, gatekeeping is a funny thing because, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's the spectrum of like, like wanting to preserve all the good shit for yourself, and I, I think there's a, a place for a place for gatekeeping in society. Um, and at the same time, I just I just interviewed for one of my newsletters, um, Alex Delaney, who was one of the former kind of food and bev writers at, at Bon Appetit. Friend of the show. He's now kind of working on his own stuff. And he is sort of the king of, of, of good vibes and curation, in my view. And we talked about gatekeeping specifically and like putting people on. And his his view is is sort of the the view of like if something's good, you know, like you should you should just want to share it with other people, right? Because totally um the opposite is like painting this world where, you know, in the future there's only like a couple coffee shops and one of them is Starbucks and all the clothing brands are owned by this is his words. All the clothing <laughs> brands are owned by like Kim Kardashian and uh the rest of like the tech stuff is just like crypto shit owned by Elon Musk. And so, you know, <laughs> if if you gatekeep, this is the uh this is the natural kind of slippery slope we fall down to. So right. always try to put people on to uh to good stuff. How do you feel about the people that want to go back to gatekeeping? I mean, that's fine. Whatever, whatever works for you, I guess. Hey, look, I get keep on shit too. So I'm not, I'm not going to try and sit here and, and be like, yeah, cause you want, you, you want to be able to have some, something that feels sacred in this world, mm-hmm. um, whether it's for yourself or your close circle of friends, but I try to keep a good balance of both. Balance. That's, that's the key. That's the key. Going back to the art department hat. I feel like hats are the new ways to get anything out there. Honestly, with just just the art department i mean and after that a lot of my friends rock their hats and even though it's just like a play on movies and like countercultures it's just it's just funny that it's not t-shirts anymore it's almost like just hats if cuz it's just like that's the first thing that you're going to look and then your face yeah like hats or tote bags i think are the two are, are the two kind of main ways to do that but I think merch, yeah, merch in general, whether it's a hat or tote bag or hoodie or pair of socks, like those are the, almost the new status symbols. Like if you see someone wearing a how long gone hat, right? <laughs> or a New Yorker tote bag or a Paris review, 
you know, baseball cap or a pair of like hidden New York, you know, H like the famous H pair of socks. Like that says, that says something about you as a consumer and maybe some of the stuff that you're into. Man's already dropping names. (laughs) I mean, these are just top of mind examples, but yeah, like it says something about you as a consumer. So I think, I think it's an easy way to, to sort of like build little minions for your, whatever it is, your media empire, podcast, newsletter, whatever the fuck it is that you're trying to promote or push out. Media empire. Yeah. When you started Sprezza, was it, there's no, no talks of succession or media empire. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I started Sprezza just as a side, a side project. I was kind of burnt out and bored from day job stuff and working in startup land and mm wanted to work on something that felt like it could be fun at the time. And I sort of felt like with email, this is back like late 2020. It sort of felt like with email was while it's been around the longest, right. Mm -hmm. Um, There was sort of a renaissance for this interest in email as a consumer and people wanting to digest things through email, as opposed to just like scrolling endless news feeds, you know, and trying to deal with the algorithms and stuff like that. And it kind of, I don't know, email stuff now, like with Substack and some of the other tools that have popped up reminds me of like the Tumblr WordPress 2.0 era where it's like there's a space for independent blogs to exist and discovery and curation are at like an all-time high at a premium. And so Very I've, I've, tried to, I've tried to focus on that, you know, over time with Spreza. Newsletters single-handedly brought emails back i mean we're always emailing left and right but honestly i'm over texting i'm over dming if you want to get a hold of me email me you know yeah it's it's an easier it's an easier way to to keep track of your comms right um Mm -hmm. it's pretty pretty genius idea i guess but it's also like a fun thing to treat like sitting down at your inbox you you know pop into the coffee shop to answer your morning emails like that's more fun to look through your inbox and see what popped through than it is to sort through all your shitty texts that you have to, you know, respond to. And you can only pen nine of them at the time. And then you forget to respond to three or four other people. And you're like, oh man, that happens to you. downhill fast. That happens to me all the time. So Ooh. information how, overload. How many group texts are you in? <sighs> only a handful. Um, yeah, I try to keep I try to keep that to a minimum just because it's not really how I roll. And I'm definitely the I'm definitely the person in the group chat who mm-hmm. lets everybody else just yap away and then I'll respond like three or four days later with, you know, a response to someone else's last message. Like I just got a new job and then like I don't respond to anything and then all of a sudden I come through being like, Congrats. And everyone's like moved on to like five other topics by then. That guy. So I'm, I'm that person. I'm, I'm sorry about that. See, and this is where on the Wear Many Hats podcast, we get it all out. We say our sorries, <laughs> condolences for all the mixed missed texts that we've missed. I've I've done the same. I, I don't know how to like keep track of everything in order. I mean, with the newsletters, all the subsects or all of the the things I subscribe to, it's kind of interesting that now it's just like either on main or on the promotions tab, you know? Yep. I don't know if I want to go back and forth, but then when you're on your phone, it's just all in one. 
Yeah, I think my my consumer habit is like specifically with email resubscribing, unsubscribing, resubscribing to stuff when I feel like it. If if I feel the information overload, I just stop following an account or mute them or break down and cry. Yeah, or or crawl into a corner and just hide for a little while. Um that's kind of what you gotta do. Like Seth Godin is an example, right? Mm -hmm. Of some of someone who's like just consistent content machine, just like churning stuff out. Like he's mm -hmm. probably sent an email every day for the last like 20 years of his life, which is absurd. And the amount of times I'm, I've unsubscribed to his newsletter is ungodly, but I always resubscribe to it because in the end, it's like you're looking for a new source of inspiration or a new kind of format to follow or some simplicity. And you're just like, ah, I remember that email newsletter I used to follow. And then you just go back to it. So it's inevitable. I love that you resubscribe. That's me with IG, just following and unfollowing. I do it constantly. Yeah. So yeah. People good. definitely know who I am. It's spring cleaning, you know? Maybe you're a bot. You might also be a bot. <laughs> I'm a bot. Yeah. Rashad and this is Wear Many Hats presented by Disarm. You can check out all the episodes of the Wear Many Hats podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com. Rate and comment the Wear Many Hats show on Apple Podcasts and drop five stars on Spotify. WMH and Disar is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Clayton Chambers is the owner of Spresum, a newsletter exploring independent menswear, style trends, product reviews, and the business of retail. It's a mix of curation, education, and discovery. Spreza talks about independent brands, create seasonal style guides, cover new drops, and deep dives on subcultures and style movements. Clayton is a brand strategist that built his career on content, brand development, strategic partnerships, and creative marketing, in which he's had the pleasure of working with companies such as GQ, Nike, Ford, and many more. I follow Clayton on FKA Twitter to find out all the new collabs that's been going on in the world of menswear. For Sprezum, there's no other italic S logo like theirs. Please welcome Clayton Chambers to wear many hats. What up? Good to be here. Good to have you. We're, uh, you know, already talking about the fit. I, I saw on Twitter that you or x that you were talking about the patagonia fleeces are you rocking a vintage patagonia fleece right now no i'm probably too broke too broke for that uh this is just a good old classic brown fleece from a couple years ago i've pretty much worn it into the ground at this point but i certainly am on the hunt for some of the vintage patagonia pieces because i think those are the best honestly patagonia is the best we love patagonia we do love Patagonia.
I don't know. The colors and patterns just used to be a lot more vibrant and vivid. And I think mm. they should bring back, even if it's not just like dead stock vintage pieces, they should, they should somehow bring back a lot of those, those colors and patterns. Cause that was a better time to be alive. I think. I, I mean, everyone's bringing the nineties back. Everyone's saying <laughs> all the talks right now. It's like the nineties, this, the nineties, that the nineties, yeah. the best music. You just hear it in every generation. Yeah, I reference a lot of 90s style and, you know, on the IG um, for Sprezza and like it's it's just clickbait. It's it's easy to like. And those are some sometimes the 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 most highly engaged posts, you know, like 90s airport style, which everyone loves to reference. Like that's just a classic banger where you, you know, look at young Denzel Washington or Kevin Bacon or Robin Williams, you know, it's like this high flash, like photography and then wearing some vintage baseball cap with like uh, a t-shirt and some dad jeans. And you're like, yes, everything was better back then. <laughs> What's your airport style looking like right now? Cause that's, that's really true. Cause when you're at the airport, you see everyone. Yeah. You're rocking the Ramoa. It's changed over time because I I I was in like a sort of athleisure era mm -hmm. and have since evolved from that to now I'm like I'm rocking a pair of I'm rocking a pair of like loose fit like beams of Japan trousers mm -hmm. just because they're like roomy, roomy in the crotch and uh, good for sort of all terrains. And then you know just a a, a good pair of sturdy sneakers. Lately it's been Norda like the trail running company which is like funny because it reminds me of that meme where it's like shows a pair of like trail running shoes and it's like what it's meant to see <laughs> versus what it actually sees <laughs> and I, have, I own two different pairs of Nordic trail runners and i have like literally haven't gone trail running one time with them <laughs> and so yeah I, I take them to the airport with me and i'm sure they appreciate that but you know basically a trail. police or a hoodie maybe a puffer vest if it's cold I try to keep it. I try to keep it um, kind of versatile and functional, honestly. Are you still in Tennessee? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, so that's home base for for me and me and my family. That's awesome. Do you do you get sometimes that because usually the internet paints a different picture, right? Yeah. Do you get like that you're New York based often? Uh yeah. I I mean, I went to school in New York, so I spent four years there, and then. Um, lived there on and off the last you know six seven years as well so um, I would say generally I'm pretty nomadic I think people think I live a lot of places like mm -hmm. because I've moved I've moved once a year you know the last like seven or eight years um, so Tennessee is like the longest I've lived throughout my 20s I'm 30 now but um, people thought I lived in Austin because I spent a year there people thought I still was in Brooklyn um, spent <clears throat> three months in Amsterdam earlier this year with my family testing out that city and people still think I live in Amsterdam. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm just assuming that like, yeah, I'm everywhere at once for everyone. Like a military, military brat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Serving the base. For sure. <laughs> except, except minus all the military stuff. So, Men used to go to war and now. Exactly. They post memes. Fit checks. Pretty much.
yeah, Nashville's home base, but we get we get around a lot. We travel a ton. Like I, my son's almost two, and we've taken him on thirty flights already. So like, that's great. He's Stop, a globe, yeah. a globe, a globe trotter at this point, which is pretty absurd. That's that's really cool. That it's good to hear that even though, like that you have a son and you're still down to travel. Usually, all my friends that have kids, <laughs> like it's over. It is over for a lot of people. Um, I think. <clears throat> I don't know. I think some of that comes down to choice. Like if you have the means and ability to travel and you mm-hmm. just don't want to, cause you think it's too hard, like that's fine. But for my, my partner and I, we, we, we wanted from day one to like travel with our, with our kid. And that was just a decision we made. So I think the earlier we, we tried getting him like in the mode of, of travel and being on the go, Mm-hmm. it's kind of made it's almost like he's more comfortable at the airport than our own house right like there's just so much to see and do and right and he's just comfortable in that environment and so um you know 30 flights later it makes it makes it a whole lot easier but now we got to start paying for his tickets which sucks <laughs> that so, sucks real. <laughs> yeah that's not fun that's not fun at all forgot i forgot they freeload the whole way yeah the two-year window we certainly milked it for for all it's worth but yeah two years two years onward you got to start paying for their own seat which to be fair will also be a nice shift because mm-hmm. we've been holding him and he's like he's kids like 99 percent off for height mm-hmm. so when you're like holding a baby in your own seat and you know you're on a 10-hour flight that's that's not um that's not ideal either no no any more uh any more kids you want to add <laughs> we do we do have one more coming in january so that will be uh, yes. potentially the last but uh-huh. yeah so it'll be two two kids basically under the two-year window for us that's sick that's great yeah. Congrats. thank you pretty excited on, about on it air. yeah again with the internet thinking that you're also elsewhere that they think that you're primarily working in fashion because oh. it seems like you're like a young guy. It's perceived as you're a young guy and you're having the most fun that anyone's <laughs> had. I would say, I would say I'm having a lot of fun um, mm-hmm. these days. I, I would say I work in sort of the intersection of like media, e-com and, and consumer, consumer goods. Mm-hmm. So I put like fashion or clothing in, in that last bucket. But yeah, I would say, I would say I'm having, I would say I'm having a lot of fun. Probably the most fun that I've been having this year than any other. Um, I mostly spent, I mostly spent my twenties working for other companies. And so, um, but I've always, I've always had like a creative itch in me to, to launch projects and, work on creative projects and start little side hustles or businesses and just share things that I see. Um, I, I consider myself to be like a sort of researcher of the good vibes and curator of things and, you know, educator from a content perspective. And so um, I, I think with content, you know, I, I share it sort of agnostically in different ways. So it's, you know, whether it's video or, or writing as the medium or format, like, I don't really have a preference. I just, I like, I like sharing things that I know and I'm finding and discovering. Um, and it's across, yeah, I would say like the intersection of like media, e-com and consumer goods. Um, and I would put clothing or fashion in the consumer goods bucket, but 
yeah, I'm, I'm sort of like a, a Swiss army knife of sorts on the content stuff. Um, I've got what's called Cardinal Studios, which is like, it's a little content studio I, I spun up to help early stage startups mm-hmm. create like top of funnel content for their, for the businesses. So that's kind of more boring B2B stuff, but pays the bills. Uh, and then building and growing out a few different newsletter and media projects, one of which is Spreza, of course, and that's more men's lifestyle focus. And I think, you know, I started Spreza to focus on really like the intersection of men's life and style. Email is like the medium or the email is the format. Um, just cause I felt like, you know, the legacy stuff of GQ and Esquire and, you know, old print print stuff pivoting into blogs and online got a little bit messy. And then, you know, the sort of 2.0 era of that with like hype beast and high snobs, like during the WordPress turned like streetwear hype, hype cycle mm-hmm. news sources, like that stuff got also a little bit clouded. I think people are just sort of disillusioned with brands like media brands in general. And I think one of the areas I've tried to focus on with Spreza is creating this like balance between like brand and, and individual POV, like a creator's POV that also has something that's a little bit scalable as a brand. And so that's kind of what Spreza is, is like, it's the newsletter first. And eventually I want to grow it into different arms, right? Where it's like, maybe I launch my own version of a print magazine. Maybe I do a handful of collaborations per year on the product front. Maybe I turn it into a website, um, you know, but yeah, the content, the content organically is key. And so, yeah, building out that. And then there's another project I've been working on too, which is called Hyper. And Hyper is a lot more, I think, consumer to B2B focused as a newsletter. It's really built to help people who are interested in launching their own creative project or brand out of nothing and to support them from a brand strategy standpoint. And so send out like one email per week. And I do that with my, with my friend, Oren um, Shabal, who's, who's just a really good sort of creative director type and content creator on the internet as well. And we've been working on that for, uh, you know, nine months this year, but it's funny. Like we, we, we joke about wanting to create that. We want to make that into like the sort of modern day, like WGSN, right. Where there's like trend reporting, Mm -hmm research arm but for like how people are actually doing things in 2023 2024 and so yeah keep my keep my uh, my days busy but that's that's some of the stuff that i'm working on right now where did you meet oren all of that to say you know this proves your point that i don't think anyone actually knows what i do because <laughs> 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 it took me five minutes to explain it to you um i met oren i met oren on the internet um as as we all do these days yeah, it's also funny because I feel like I don't I don't actually have real life friends. I just have internet friends. <laughs> but which is funny because the internet friends turn out to like oftentimes be better friends than your your real friends that you met. From Damn. Or whatever. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that's that's good to hear. Cause like I have real life friends, but the internet friends, I'm trying to keep the internet friends at bay with with this podcast just like everyone just like giving me opinions and just like asking questions but then because you know we're 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 people that love to talk it just like turns into like a genuine friendship but yeah i also uh, we when we do this like wear many hats world tour we meet a bunch of people and then they become friends irl and then online friends so it's like yeah, it's kind of interesting that 
when you meet people online and on the internet, you already know instantly that they're into the same thing that you're into. Yeah. And just click. Yeah, you, you sort of skip a step with that stuff because the, the sort of built-in commonality is the thing you're already arguing about or talking about on the internet. Are you on Reddit? Because I feel like you'd be a great Redditor. Man, I have always kept an arm's length from Reddit. I just can't. I can't do it. I can't go there. Reddit and like YouTube comments section are like the two bowels of the internet for me yeah. where I just and probably like style forum just these like little pockets where it's like only anonymity right mm -hmm. discord's another example of that now where it's just like you know shithead eight nine ten four three hundred right like commenting on random stuff and you know it's like that that part of the internet is not is not where I love to be um but it's crazy because that's where you find so much fandom, I think, with uh -huh. with content and ideas and topics and so much of like sort of the cultish behavior of like brands, products and that kind of stuff happens like in the in the bowels of Reddit. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's also a lot of like negativity in, in those corners of the Internet, too. But, yeah, I've, I've tried to steer clear of those those areas because I just. It's probably not good for my mental health. No, no, no. So no AMAs on, <laughs> on Twitter. I see, I see. No, because, you know, you're active on on FK Twitter. Because Twitter is funny, you know, when you... I One of my favorite tweets and retweets that you recently had was some dude, he tweeted tried to clown... Uh, tried to clown... He tried to clown Hoka as the Subaru of shoes and you know you said subaru is goaded but then other users chimed in on like now do on running and like it's just like this whole thing but for some <laughs> weird reason it's a positive effect yeah yep it's and subaru is great uh, yeah ugly is the new cool man ugly is the new cool that's that's how i feel especially about footwear too like whether it's on and hoka and some of these sort of chunky soul brands, Salomon, Salomon. I got I got ripped, ripped to shreds for a video that I made about Salomon because I just I naturally tend to say Salomon. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it's and it's Salomon. I was gonna say. Just the most like useless internet people who like have nothing <laughs> to add to anything ever. And they just always know to come in and be like, um, excuse me, it's it's actually pronounced Salomon. Salomon. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, I did technically know that. And my brain just doesn't let me say it the way you want to say it. Whoa. So, um, thanks for the engagement, though. I do appreciate that. The mind is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I yeah, love ugly is, the new, ugly is the new cool. That's my, that's my feeling. <laughs> ugly is the new cool because I didn't think I would ever get into my first pair of Sally's until I, um, when I did an influencer trip. <laughs> with them with solomon and it was it was kind of one of the most comfortable shoes i've ever worn and then now when we're out on the streets we pasting posters or just like going out and taking photos they're the they're the shoe of choice and everyone's still complimenting them after they're like beat to shreds yeah it's again not to reference memes and stuff but like it's it's one of those shoes that I think even though it can get beat down and worn mm -hmm. worn in so much like 
it, you still know the, the archetype of the person who wears it um, and like what it says about them. So there's like the funny meme of like <clears throat> someone wearing a pair of like tight sweats and an Air Max, like a Nike Air Max logo hoodie, you know, with a beanie and a pair of like all black AF1s. Mm-hmm. And it's like burglar. And then the one on the right <laughs> is like Arcteryx soft shell, you know, black Dickies painter pants and a pair of like all black Solomons. <laughs> it's like creative director. Creative director, yeah. <laughs> and that shit is just too accurate though. Like what it says about you, even if even if the fit is like grungy or whatever, is that like almost the grungier it is, you know, the more like the more like upper echelon you are. I don't know if there's a better way to describe that, but no, totally. Totally. And I, I love now these days people are out of there wearing all black phase or just monotones or even earth tones. And now just like when they branch out into color, it's like a whole new person. It's like a whole new birth. Yeah. Maximalism, maximalism, I think in general has just made a strong comeback. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the tones, the tones are for that, like Americana, mm-hmm. you know, wear and tear energy. And, uh, and I think maximalism is like fun, at least just having a, a pop of color in an outfit, something to, something to stand out from the crowd is always, is always key. You give Gorp, but do you Gorp? Do you rock climb? Do you do? I do. Well, I, I rock climbed for years and just kind of, just Parkour. kind of kept my membership out earlier this year, partially because we were in Amsterdam. And then when I got back, I, I I kept on going to my rock climbing gym and just being like, it's too, it's always too busy in here. And it smells like shit. Like they just <laughs> don't take care of the gym. And I'm sure there's, you know, other gyms like that too, that aren't rock climbing ones, but it's like rock climbers, man. It's just, it's just a smelly vibe in there. So I, I canceled the, the rock climbing membership and uh i am a runner so i'm i'm now i'm now kind of into running and and i will say you know unembarrassingly like Mm -hmm. i mostly got into running for the vibes and the fits and now have just become interested in like using as a daily practice for like routine and exercise and that kind of stuff but um yeah running and i mean i would say more trail running but like nashville's not it's not it's not like colorado where it's like Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of places to go outdoors but like I would like to think I'd, I'd do some trail running if if I lived in more in an area where it was easier to do that stuff. So, yeah, that's so crazy that you got into running because of the fits. Because <laughs> usually the other way around. Like I just got back into tennis, and when I was when when I was out in Los Angeles playing at the Echo Park tennis courts, mm. I was just getting back into tennis. I found a tennis racket that I wanted to test out at the rack doctor. And so the racket doctor and like, I, I realized that when I got the tennis racket and it was this crazy color by head, I didn't go straight home. I had to go to my friend's show at the lodge room. And so I was still in my tennis gear and when I was standing in line, people were complimenting. They're like, yo, sick tennis racket, sick. Yo, like everyone was complimenting. Yeah. And everyone's like in their grunge, like emo era. Like they're about to like yeah. go, go to the show. And then the guy's like, we have to check in your racket. But no one's ever done this before. And I was just like, 
That's crazy. But everyone loves the fit. Yeah. I am into the fit after playing same with running. I used to be a hardcore runner, but then like the fits came after. So I'm, that's cool to know that you're. Yeah. I think a lot of people have gotten interested in sport in general because mm. of the fit. Um, I wrote a sort of research type piece about this a few years ago. Mm. I started seeing like this pop up of brands in, in more or less like individual sports. Um, so cycling, running, tennis, golf, and how the way to sort of connect to the guy, the zeitgeist is through sort of street verifying the looks, right? And so from this era, yeah, you, like in your golf stuff, you see your Melbons and your Whims and your Metalwood Studios, and then you go to tennis and it's like Palms, that brand from Copenhagen that's like running the circuit right now and doing pop-ups in Taipei and Tokyo and Seoul and like making it really dope for everyone. And then you go to running and it's like satisfy and banded and like the collaborations are off the charts, like on running, which if you, you know, on running has been notoriously ugly, like ugly, ugly on the footwear side. And now like they're sort of becoming one for the heads, depending on, you know, where you're located. Um, and then, you know, on the cycling stuff, like plenty of other brands to reference there too. And so I just started seeing these like, this emergence of like form and function are like tied to tied together at the hip with, with products and the way that these independent brands are popping up is like through lifestyle and, and vibes like as the base. And then like, or they're making at the very least like technical functional wear, like have this streetwear blend, right. Something that feels more relatable as opposed oh, to just being like, we just make technical, you know, performance gear right mm. like that's how TaylorMade did it or umbro right but like the way that brands exist independently in the zeitgeist now is that like lifestyle is a core tenant right of of how consumers buy into a brand or a product or an idea and so just been seeing a lot of that especially within athletic wear which sort of explains why i'm drawn to it as well on the consumer front so if i ever see you out in person you could be rocking a low head to toe Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's funny. Um, the yeah, Jimmy Butler, I don't know how much he got paid for that deal, but like when he's sitting courtside, um, I guess he was injured during the playoffs and stuff, but like that was a big deal when he had the the ALO um, you know, logo baseball hat or whatever, like just a basic cotton twill hat or whatever. But everybody's like, wait, did he get paid? Is he an investor? Like, what's right. the what's the deal on that one? But they've blown up too. They totally have. And even when he went emo for that one particular photo shoot, all the My Chemical Romance fans came out. <laughs> support. I love that. I love that. Same with, um. well, you know how you just dropped all those brands right there and there for each individual sport. Do you ever think that there's too many brands? Yeah, for sure. It's it's a little overboard, I think, with the level of brands that exist now. And I also think part of why I feel that way is, is that every brand comes in and tries to do everything or be everything. Mm -hmm. What I think is a lot more interesting is is how brands are, some brands are focusing right now on like carving a niche or their own lane within a, you know, category or subcategory. And just making one specific skew or one specific product type. 
and nailing that and then expanding after. And I think that's a lot more of an interesting path to take because what you do find is that like, yeah, there's, there's good products to be made and iterated on and innovated on everywhere you look. But what I think is a little boring or tired is just like brands starting out of the gates and just like trying to make a bunch of shit and being like, this is who we are. We make this full collection. And it's like, just focus on making one really good thing, build a community mm-hmm. around that, build loyalty, generate loyalty, and then see what the, see what the community wants, right? Like get the feedback that you want and need, and then create new products or collections or collaborations based on that feedback. There's just so much stuff. There's a lot of shit out there. Yeah, it's true. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's sort of counterintuitive because the two newsletters I run are like consumer focused newsletters, but I like to think that it's the content I share is from the vantage point of like helping create and cultivate better stuff Mm -hmm. or the right stuff as opposed to more, just purely more stuff. So that's kind of where I sit. No, I just, I just feel like, all this talk about going vintage and just trying to save the earth and but we just keep making more and there's like new drops every friday it's i don't know who to listen to anymore and so it's like i think yeah i think that stuff's pretty overwhelming um especially on like the streetwear front mm-hmm. um and you have so many so many new sneakers and you know outerwear drops and that type of shit every Friday. And I'm just like, man, it's hard. It's a hard balance because when you hire a team and you, you know, you're building out and you got to pay, you know, overhead and like, I don't know, it just depends on what everyone's goals are. Like right. some people just want to keep things small. Like one of my favorite examples of this is, um, is my friends in, in London, Hugh and Becky from this, from this company called painter P A Y in t-e-r um and they make chore coats sort of inspired by like the bill cunningham era of like the blue chore coat as like your sort of daily driver piece of outerwear and they started during the pandemic but their sort of focus is that they only do four drops a year and every three months they do a new jacket they take a pre-order on fabric you buy into it so they can like have the money to go invest in the fabric They go get X amount made. So maybe they make 200 jackets per drop and then they sell out of every single one in like three minutes or less. And they just sell jackets four times a year. And it's pretty cool. They don't, I don't think they ever drop the same one again. Like they just do different styles each time. So then it becomes almost like this collectibles experience that you have as a consumer where you're like, you're part of the, you're part of the like, you know, fandom of what they've created, mm-hmm. but they're not doing stuff every Friday or launching hundred thousand different products. Like they just have a core, you know, product and they're, they're expanding, I think into other stuff too. Like, I think they made a trench like car coat mm-hmm. one season. They've been testing out making like the perfect t-shirt. And, but again, it's, it's all from this place of just like investing more in quality and like producing less, but like better stuff as opposed to just over-indexing on volume, which is something I appreciate. I I love that. That's great that you shared that, only because to have a uniform every day, I just want to go back to that. Just a, just a t-shirt yeah. and then just like some type of chore coat, but it's the same thing over and over again. I like that. 
like Steve Jobs style. Steve Jobs style. It's kind of wild that also brands like when they start off with one thing, they like can't keep doing the same thing. They get tired of it or bored and then they want to branch out. I just remember when like Herschel was like only bags, right? Yeah. Now they're like this whole big thing. And now no one knows that it's just like a, it was a bag. Yeah. Anymore. yeah. It's, I mean, my personal preference is like that brands should just focus on hero products and make really good shit and you can develop a love and affinity for a million different brands and they all bring something unique to the table, but that's not really going to happen. But but it is how I like to shop. Like I didn't buy, I didn't buy one thing this black Friday. Um, Same. Whoa. And I just, I don't know. It was just from that mindset of feeling like there's so much out there. There's so many different things. So there's probably analysis paralysis, but like, I also just didn't feel like I needed anything. Right. It was a cool, a cool thing to not get sucked into the, the, the peer pressure, if you will. I I wonder if a lot of people thought the same thing, even the discounts aren't even that, glorious to because you could just get that same discount if you buy like pre-owned or anything yeah i know that um i mean if you look at the black friday cyber monday stuff that shopify does every year like i think it's up year over year right like their sales are always up which means like people are obviously spending more money and i think part of that's like due to e-commerce adoption globally and all that shit but like yeah i just didn't (laughs) I just, I just wasn't feeling it, so I didn't buy anything. I wonder if that's going to keep going for years and years to come. We're just tired of being, like, force-fed to just buy, buy, buy. Yeah, I think we're I think we're due just from a product standpoint with, we're, and even, like, advertising perspective. We're just due for a reset in general. Um, I don't know if you've seen those, like, funny, those funny um, Essence ads that they're, like, putting up. Uh, like where like it's just a plain white like wall and just says brand awareness and i'm like that's that's the reboot like we're we're all just we're all just going down to the like pc desktop and just like pressing the power button holding it down and like shutting the whole thing off (laughs) and the reboot is just brand awareness it's like this blank canvas where we're like starting over because i think we're all we're overdosed on products we're overdosed on collab we're overdosed on new brands. We're overdosed on collections and all that shit. So sometimes it's nice to have the reset. You're you're so right because I was definitely hitting that essence sale and no, <laughs> not it. Yeah, essence. Um, essence is like a machine at this point, like a behemoth of of uh, of a luxury brand. There was a, I don't know if you saw the like Blackbird spy plane piece he did on like from a brand, like an independent brand's POV on how like the essence stuff is just been cataclysmic for, you know, independent designers and brands because they just like fucking mark everything down (laughs) and put it on sale. Um, And it goes all the way back up once the sale's over. Yeah. Like that's their whole cycle, right? It's just like they're a luxury store that just discounts everything, <laughs> which is, yeah, it didn't yeah. work for Barney's. It didn't work. For Barney's, but... R.I.P. 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 Barney's. 
I love that you mentioned Blackbird Spy Plane because with newsletters, I feel like it's like hard to keep up sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. um, they have, they go, I guess, viral and then you're on it constantly. And then once they like miss a certain drop or whatever, something dips down, you're, you kind of just like stop thinking about it. Um, I haven't heard Blackbird in a minute and Jenna's amazing. Um, I just, I just think that, you know, with Spreza out, I love what you guys are doing. You know, you tapped in photographer, Christopher Fenimore, creator of five fits with the mm -hmm. shoot with the flicks for the featured interview post for Spreza, yeah. Chris Black, Alex Delaney and Lawrence Schrossman. So far heavy hitters. Who do you want to get on next? Like to keep the content machine running. Hmm. I'd love to go more kind of at the intersection of like sport and in style or sport and fashion. So like someone I've always loved to Jalen Howard reference stylistically is um is is Hector Bellerin, bearing from uh he used to play for Arsenal, which is my which is my favorite club. I watch a lot of soccer, but he 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 plays in Spain now for La Liga, for a team in La Liga. And uh like his his style is just like the best. It's some of the best style. Um, out of like any footballer um, but I'd, I'd love to do kind of a series focused on like footballers like European soccer players and footballers who like uh, have really good taste and style and curation who live in Europe that aren't just mm -hmm. like on the like I buy Louis Vuitton and like <laughs> loud gaudy you know print pieces but like actually have like a good taste of independent brands or in that sort of if you know you know pocket right and and go after them next so anyone sort of like that um is is on my radar right now so if you got any plugs to hector hit your boy up or hector if you're listening to this i'd love <laughs> to have you i'd love to have you on the newsletter you saw the beckham documentary right i did yeah watched that a few weeks ago it's kind of wild that his closet it's just like folded out nicely and i guess like when you have all that time or you're just like hiring <laughs> nanny just do all that or cleaner to do all that do you what do you think he's wearing um bunch of uniqlo i mean he's probably i don't even remember what was in his closet if there were brand name stuff but he's probably still rocking some calvins maybe he's got uh that's right maybe maybe he's rocking some some burberry um Maybe some Brunello, some Zenia. He's 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 probably he's probably he's probably properly like firmly in the luxury side yeah. of things. And uh, yeah, his his wardrobe closet looked pretty crispy, honestly. Like it was super organized. Definitely, definitely closet goals for me, um, just from the organizational perspective. But you also kind of just realize like all people at that level are just kind of psychos. They're just insane. Like that's, that's why their closet looks that way because they're actually mad, mad people. But you know, I respect the dedication to keep a tidy closet, which is something yeah. I don't, I don't tend to do. Congrats on having your first pop-up with Spreza. Did you pick up anything to add to your closet and have you doubled it? Thank you. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't. Um, that's another thing too. Where I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who like, shares and, and pushes out and creates all this content for other people and then i just buy so little mm -hmm. hit a point now where brands lot, like give me a lot of stuff so um so 
So I get a lot of products in from, from that um, seasonally. But for me, like, I think I was just so, so stressed that day <laughs> trying to like make this event happen. Cause it was in, it was in New York downtown at this um, sort of canal street studio space, um, creative studio space. And like, we probably had four or 500 people roll through for that one day shopping event, which was dope. But I was just like, I was so stressed, like the whole day I didn't even, I didn't like eat or drink or even like buy anything. Cause I was just trying to run around, make sure like everything was running as it should. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe next time though. Maybe next time you plan on doing more pop-ups. Pop-ups aren't dead, which is surprising. I I will do more pop-ups. I think my goal right now is is doing one in London next fall. Mm-hmm. So fall 2024, um, London retail pop-up. I think that'll probably be the next like feasible window to do it. And probably want to curate a different lineup of brands. I try to focus these retail pop-ups on brands that don't have permanent physical spaces mm-hmm. um and and maybe aren't local to like the market where i'm doing the pop-ups so like some of them are but some some of them are coming from different places and so that's the goal um pop-ups yeah i i love doing pop-ups mostly because it is the like in-person manifestation of like what an online community is. And, mm-hmm. and there was so many cool people I got to meet who've been following the newsletter for, since li- the literal first post or the beginning who showed up and showed love. And um, I think that's what people really, really crave is just taking online stuff and creating an in-person context or element for it. And not enough brands do that. Like I think, I think I think we're due for kind of a new wave of like in-person activations and pop-ups Definitely. like that over the next few years. So I'm trying to trying to land somewhere on that for Spreza. Definitely. Yeah, because when I was on the Spreza IG page, scrolling all the way to the first post, it was a curation of images. It was like a mood board. And then it it went from mood board to like your fits and then it like Spreza. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it it's changed over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the content format is try to like focus on a mix of like style notes, nostalgia, product drops and releases of things that I like and some educational stuff. So I try to toggle between any one of those four different like categories or themes at any given time. No, it's really good. It's really good. Well, hats off to you and everything that you do for some Dasara Wear Many Hats solutions. Would you ever have Wear Many Hats do a guest post on a topic? I love the topic that you said is Korea, the new made in Japan. And I was like, <laughs> dude, Clayton's got it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's, there's a lot of really good stuff coming out of Korea and they definitely don't get enough flowers in my view, but they have a really strong wave of like independent designers and brands and style subcultural style, I think emerging right now. And I think, I think we'll definitely see them keep popping up more of the next like few years as well. So a lot of, a lot of brands that I really love are based there. I never yeah. got into the newsletter game. So that's why it's, it's weird. Cause like, I feel like everyone now wants to do a switch over from like their career. Cause they're like a little bit bored. And so they want to figure out what what's next. And then they just like test the waters. But a lot of my friends that are in like these like big, big careers, they're just like, yo, how do I become a writer? And I'm like, yo, you can write. 
insane. Honestly, like writing for me is, I mean, it's, it's definitely the backbone of my own career. And so obviously I'm bullish on it, but I think everybody should, should just write in general. Mm-hmm. It's good. Whether, whether it's a personal practice or something that is just a hobby or something that ever becomes part of your livelihood or takes over your livelihood, like there's just space for all of it. And I think writing changes a lot of how you see the world and how you think. And it's a different way to exercise the brain. So I always encourage everybody to write. So go write, Rashad. Do some more writing. Clayton, where is the place you like to go to hang your hat? Where is you could write all the stuff for Spreza, the newsletter, any place could be in Tennessee. <laughs> the library. <laughs> Honestly. The library's great. Yeah. That's that's where I go to focus to curb my ADD. <laughs> You're the second one on this podcast to mention the library. So I'm glad we're single handedly <laughs> bring the library back. Bring the library back. I take my son to the library like a couple times a week, honestly. And it's it's a game changer. So kids section is always cool. A lot of cool books to rent, but like we should normalize going to the library more. Yeah. It's right. A it's a great place. It's what I did in the nineties. <laughs> well, it's coming back because the nineties is where the nostalgia is and we all want nostalgia and so does Gen Z. So exactly. Bring it, bring it back. If you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? No, no rag rats. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. Obviously, naturally. Clayton, plug your socials. Where can people find you? All the brands. Uh, yeah, personal is first name Clayton and then last name Chambers, except there's no E because someone on Twitter took it already. So it's C-L-A-Y-T-O-N-C-H-A-M-B-E. Sorry, B-R-S. Um, Spreza on IG, which is probably the best place to follow, um, is spr.ezza. And then for the newsletter, it's um, Spreza, spr.ezza.xyz. Amazing. Well, thank you, Clayton, for coming on Wear Many Hats. It was great to have you. Thank you for having me. We'll talk soon. Talk soon. Till next time, this is Wear Many Hats presented by Jassar, and I'm Rashad. Peace. Peace.